in time for another edition of the Lockdown Corner. We are back and better than ever. And if you can't get enough of us here, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, it's at Corner Lockdown. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and then unsubscribe and do it again so we can cheat the system. Although there was an issue with Apple Podcasts last week, and I'm going to let Dustin explain that because I don't understand technology. Dustin, how can the good people of Lockdown Nation get our stuff? Yeah, I apologize for any inconvenience that there was. So there was an issue with the RS feed that goes into Apple, and there was confusion with me putting it in the system and them having to review it. So I pretty much had to make a whole new channel. So the channels remain the same, but it just the RS feeds are different. So really, it's still the same channel, but different in the sense if that makes any sense. So, so just you're saying just resubscribe you'll find a yes. different feed and just resubscribe so, yep if you search our obviously if you search lockdown corner again it should pop up with all our latest episodes and just resubscribe and delete the old one you had it's as simple as that all you gotta do is just look us up again and subscribe or you could just go to spotify no issues there you can also find us on spotify or apple podcasts maybe on apple podcasts we'll see but Let's get into the news and notes of the day because at around 11 o'clock this morning, there was a trade and a doozy of a trade, if you ask me. So Carson Wentz on the move. Carson Wentz goes to the Indianapolis Colts. The Eagles, in return, will get a 2021 third-round pick and next year a second-round pick that is conditional and it could potentially turn into a first-round pick. Fellas, first reaction. I'll start with Alec. What do you think? Well, I think that the Colts won this trade. I think that Carson Wentz is still a first-round talent. Um, I think that the Eagles are a dumpster fire of a franchise who have a terrible offensive line, and they don't have much for receivers. I think that, realistically, Jalen Hurts may do well in that system just because he's mobile enough. Um, But I think that when you stick Carson Wentz behind the offensive line they have in Indy, give him the weapons that he has, especially, you know, with Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield. Hines is, you know, a really good receiving option out of the backfield. If they can hold on to T.Y. Hilton, I think that they could make a very good duo as well. I like the trade if I'm Indianapolis and if I'm Philly. Good for you for getting something for him. At least you didn't have to cut him. His, His contract is really, really high so you know the fact that they were able to get a deal done that I, I can't really say that they lost but i mean if if it's a win versus loss i'd say that indy wins this one i would say the only thing according to reports we obviously are not in the room we don't know what's going on the only reason i would say the eagles may have taken a beating on this one or maybe are in philadelphia is they were dead set on getting a jared goff type Matt Stafford type return it's that sort of trade and I feel like this year a third round pick fine so be it and only one other pick I feel like they could have gotten more out of this Dustin what do you think it's all going to come down to what Carson Wentz the Colts are going to get are they going to get the Carson Wentz that was the quarterback he was four years ago or a potential MVP quarterback you know, if he stays healthy, you know, they probably win the Super Bowl no matter what. I mean, he was playing lights out that year when they won the Super Bowl. People got to remember that. But then you look at the Carson Wentz's past year. I mean, just, I mean, it was a dumpster fire to say the least where just wasn't willing to 
compete for his job and just complaining and just not wanting to try. I mean, that says a lot to his character. You know, it, it, if he stays that way and doesn't want to compete, then I mean, you know, you can just look at him when he plays. I mean, he's just not comfortable in the pocket, stepping up and making a pass downfield. He just, he doesn't seem like he has the same mentalities when he came in the league where he was willing to take a hit, willing to throw it downfield, really step up in the pocket, but he just seems hesitant now. And I, I guess it's going to all depend. It's going to, time will tell. But I think he still is, like Alex said, a good first-round quarterback, what he was out to be. And I, he just got to turn around mentally. So I want to throw this at you guys, too, because Deshaun Watson, we've obviously have know, has known, has requested a trade. This was a month ago or so. Now Russell Wilson came out this week and was publicly criticizing the Seahawks and their offensive line play, and he's demanding more power. So as the resident NBA hole here, because I love basketball and I love all the drama, mm-hmm. uh, I'm wondering if you guys think that the whole LeBron player empowerment, they see these guys in the NBA. James Harden is the most recent example. He obviously gained a lot of weight, didn't really care in his last couple of weeks in Houston and forced his way out. And Dustin, you brought up a good point that made me think of this. He want, he didn't seem real thrilled to be in Philadelphia anymore. And really he hasn't been the same since the whole Nick Foles playoff run thing. So do you guys think, and I'm not saying that he tanked. I don't think any professional athlete truly, truly tanks. Because even the James Harden situation, I mean, he still put up 30 points a night while he was, quote, unquote, not trying. So do you think that this new player empowerment era is now bleeding into football a little bit? Because if, Dustin, what you say is right, and the more I think about it, you might be right, I'm starting to think maybe – he by the end they gave the job to Jalen Hurts. He was probably unhappy with that. He, by all means, up until the last three weeks, sounded like he was going to at least try and make it in Philadelphia. Whether you believe that or not, it's a different question. But what do you guys think about him? Maybe James hardening his way out of Philly. Well, I think that it's funny that you brought up, you know, him, James Harden gaining that bit of weight. I'll say that uh, James Harden in those last couple of weeks kind of looked like Dustin at the YMCA shooting hoops. <laughs> um, but anyway, dropping, uh, dropping, dropping buckets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, um, I, I don't I don't think that he was trying to get out of Philly. I think that the, the coaching situation there was uh, not ideal. Um, you know, when you look at what Doug Peterson was doing at the at the end there, um, with uh, with with pulling Jalen even in the in the last game of the season uh, for the third string quarterback. I mean, I just I feel like that coach was kind of on a on a rampage run where he wasn't going to be told what to do no matter what. And I, I don't think that it was Carson's fault as much as people are trying to say, like I said, I think the roster talent was bad. I think that the coaching staff wasn't anything to be, to be, you know, desired. And I think that the front office, while they are aggressive, um, I think that they didn't move quickly enough in removing the coach there. So um I don't know. I, I feel like it's more on the Eagles organization than it is on Wentz. But as far as player empowerment goes, I'm all for the player empowerment. I, I hope that in the future that stars like Russell Wilson and stars like, 
you know, Deshaun Watson will have a little bit more control and say in the in the direction of the organization, maybe not long term, but at least in the short term, you know, when these players are trying to win championships in their prime. I just want to say before, Dustin, you give your opinion, I just want to say that the B in your last name, do we want to know what that stands for? The B stands for buckets. <laughs> Thank you, Al. Thank you. I mean, it's very true. But anyways, I'm in, I'm in total agreement with Alec. I think he's completely right on all that. You know, um, it's sometimes it's just a scenario the players are put in, especially if they are, quote, unquote, their franchise player. And it all comes down to ownership and how they're treating them. You know, some ownerships are pretty stern right away saying, you know, we're not going to give you much say. And, you know, we, you know, we own the team. We're calling the shots. And sometimes that's the way it is. But then you get a guy like Watson where I think that's a whole different scenario than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz did it to himself a little bit, and it was partly in the team. And I think it was in the best interest of both parties to split ways and just, you know, kind of restart. But in Watson's scenario, you know, Houston's a, it's a dumpster fire. I mean, it is a train wreck right now with them. The owner needs to leave. I mean, they need to rebuild bad. That's a whole different scenario. But I think there has to be some power to their franchise players if they really, like, want to keep them content and happy and winning championships, you know. You're not going to get one championship with unhappy players. It just doesn't happen. You know, you don't see it. Sorry to cut you off. But speaking of unhappy relationships and unhappy teams, J.J. Watt, released by Houston, literally – 12 hours after we mentioned it on this very podcast, you want the latest in breaking news, you come to the lockdown corner. But J.J. Watt released from Houston after asking for it. They granted his wish. Several teams already interested, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, where his two brothers are, the Cleveland Browns, hoping maybe to put him opposite of Miles Garrett. The Bills, up-and-coming team, seem to be right on the cusp of really, really competing for a Super Bowl. And, of course, the Green Bay Packers. They are interested, and as of this afternoon, Dan Graziano of ESPN says that the Packers, he believes, have the inside track due to the easier financial gymnastics. So, fellas, we talked about this a little bit last week, but now let's get a little more in-depth to it. J.J. Watt, is he a fit? For me personally, bring him in. He can't be any – not that Preston Smith was – bad last year but he wasn't what we saw the prior year and I really just believe if you have Rashawn Gary Preston or not sorry not Preston Smith the other Smith Zadarius Smith Kenny Clark that's a really good defensive line not to mention Rashawn Gary like we just saw Tampa Bay win a Super Bowl basically by just getting four guys to the quarterback and letting everyone else play coverage so if it's me He's only he's going to be 32 in March. If it's me, I do the gymnastics, I make it work. And for the cap casualties and all that salary cap talk, really if they have to get 20, I believe they're 20 over right now. So they have to somehow find 20 million in the budget. But cap talk aside, we can get into that a different day. I'm all in. I think it would be a wonderful story. It would be an impact move which really and it's Easy to say they haven't had one in a long time, but Zadarius Smith has been their best impact move in the last five years. But this would this just seems like a missing piece to me. Bring him in. That's just an uplifting spirit. I really think that puts us over the top. So, Dustin, I'll start with you. J.J. Watt, you in or out? I mean, 100% in. 
I mean, you look at what they did back in, you know, the Brett Favre era with the Super Bowl against the Patriots when they brought in Reggie White, obviously for how much he meant to the team, to the defense, just how much momentum change it made bringing in a type of pass rusher like him. You know, obviously J.J. Watt's not Reggie White, but J.J. Watt is still, you know, part of Wisconsin, deep family roots here. It's a good fit. He's a good fit for the locker room, good scheme fit. I mean, it's hard to really say it's not a good idea if, Obviously, we can talk about salary cap another day, like you said. But if they can make it work, absolutely, you have to. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you guys. And one thing that a lot of people are saying that I've that I've seen on Twitter is people are saying our problem wasn't getting to the pass, or it was stopping the run. First of all, I don't buy that. I think that a big part of our problem was that we weren't getting to the pass. Or, um, but also, JJ Watt isn't just a pass rusher. Interesting stat, J.J. Watt finished third this last year in run stops. Third. I mean, that that's that's great. You know, that that's a top five. Obviously, it's number three. Um, he was the single most double-teamed defensive lineman in the league last year. Second was Zadarius Smith. So if we have the number one and the number two guys who were double teamed in the league on the same offense or on the same defensive line, I mean, that's opening up tons of doors for the rest of our D linemen, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary. If we find a way to keep Preston Smith while getting him, I mean, those three, um, it's, it's a no brainer in my eyes. And speaking of the salary, Um, I was just reading earlier that uh, Aaron Rodgers is actually restructuring his deal now to clear up space as well. He's um, doing the same thing that David Bakhtiari did, where he spread out his uh, his signing bonus um, so that that way it's it's not as big of a hit this year. And it's supposed to clear something like 14 million in in cap space. So I I read something similar to that, too. So if they did that with Rodgers and then there's also or. Someone from ESPN had said if they extend Devontae Adams, that reduces his cap hit, which I don't understand the inner workings of that. But um, if they redo Adams' deal and give him an extension, that reduces and also keeps him happy. He's a 28-year-old superstar, and he's only getting paid, you know, and this sounds ridiculous, but 14, 15 million. I know it sounds ridiculous in a pandemic, but for someone of his caliber – the market average for that has to be a lot higher than what he's getting paid now. So if they can do that, reduce the cap hit on Rogers and either give him all his money up front or extend that over several years. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't. A, it just keeps everyone happier. It gives Rogers more security. It gives Adams more security, keeps our two superstars happy. And obviously we bring in a UW Wisconsin legend and just a state legend. He's beloved in this state. I don't think anyone would be like, no, we don't want J.J. Watt. And, yes, that is my voice of the public. It's just, we don't want J.J. Watt. I don't know anyone that's against it. Everywhere you look, everyone's all in. And I'd be first in line to get a 99 J.J. Watt Packer jersey for sure. But let's keep this party rolling. Draft talk. We're about a month, month and a half away. But it is never too early to start looking at some of these prospects. We all have ideas every year, and every year we're disappointed because they don't take our guy. So this year we're going to try something a little different. We're going to go based off what they should draft 
in our eyes, and we'll kind of go down this list. We have a list of prospects here. We'll start with Dustin, first-round potential wide receiver. Kadarius Toney, Florida slot receiver. From what I understand, that Florida offense was insane. So for me, if you can get any piece off of these really high-level, high-skilled college offenses, I'm all in. You don't have to say much more to me. Dustin, what do you think about Kadarius? Obviously, like you said, he's a good slot receiver for Florida. He made a lot of dynamic plays, and he was kind of a Tyler Irwin-esque player where they kind of you know sent him all around, put him out of the backfield a couple times, had him run a couple jet sweeps. Just a very dynamic player, very fast. You know, if how he would fit in Green Bay is a good question, but if we can get our hands on him and he's anything as productive as he was in college, obviously it's a really good pickup seeing that Tyler Irwin might be gone and we might have to replace him. Well, for me, I feel like he wasn't really – I don't think that his talent's going to translate. I, I think that um, once he hits the NFL, I, I feel like he's going to kind of be kind – I think he's comparable to Tavon Austin, honestly. I think that he's going to have a couple of okay years. Um, I think he's going to be great in, in the return game, and then he's going to kind of fade away over time. Now, if I were the Packers, what I would do – is I would do something similar to last year's draft. I would trade up, and I would snag me Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Um, I think that he's a. I think that he's a great wide receiver. You know, there is that little bit of a risk um, with him. I, I just I I don't feel like it's going to be that big of a deal in the NFL. I think that he overcomes the adversity and and steps up to the plate. And you know, obviously, he's a really great scheme fit for us. And I I just feel like that might be the best option for us overall is is to go with Waddle out of Alabama. So we talked a lot about wide receivers last week. I guess I should have actually started this segment here. What do you guys think? Obviously, we all know receivers would be a wonderful addition. We could always use receivers. Not that Lazard and MVS were bad. But the more I think about it after our podcast last week, I really am starting to believe that a a cornerback would be our best option drafting-wise. I say are because obviously I'm a part of the front office. I hate when people do that. And I just became the thing I hate. But anyway, if the Packers, not me or us, if the Packers took a cornerback, I think that would be beneficial to them only for the fact that as of right now, we don't have, well, it's not that we don't have a number two cornerback. We don't have any good number two cornerbacks. Kevin King is most likely gone. Even if they brought him back, no one's throwing a parade for that. So I'm just wondering where you guys stand on the idea of a corner or even a safety. The way that the Rams defense worked last year, obviously taking in Joe Barry as our new defensive coordinator, we're going to be running something similar to what the Bears ran with Vic Fangio and to what the Rams ran last year. They used a lot of their backup safeties, secondary and third, third dairy. That's not a word, but you guys know what I'm saying. Their backup safeties are using them as linebackers to cover these tight ends. And I remember seeing a lot of Will Redmond. Not that he was terrible, but it's Will Redmond. So where would you guys think on going secondary here? Maybe someone, not likely, but maybe someone like Patrick Sertan of Alabama? 
cover corner. What do we think? I think it would be, it would obviously be a really good idea seeing we do need that number two cornerback or even just helping in the secondary overall. He, I mean, obviously he's a very dynamic player, good size, you know, good, really good IQ filling holes up in the run, but you know, it comes with obviously risk to it. Obviously he might go top 20, depending on who's picking who and what position they need. So we might have to trade it up for him and all those sorts of problems like that. And not including that, he also, he's not the fastest. And we've seen what happens with the slower end corners with Kevin King getting burnt with mismatches and just bad. And if you're in a bad coverage, not being able to cover the mismatch. Um, obviously, I would like to see a drafted corner, but just making sure it's the right fit. So, Dustin, if you were drafting a corner, who would you go with then? <laughs> Um, you know, I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna go with uh, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. I, you know, I think he's a he's overall what we need. You know, he's got the size, athleticism, talent, everything. Obviously, like we said, there's so much risk in this draft with the seasons being funny and everything else with short games and short seasons and people just opting out for the season in general. But I think he has everything they need. He's got the good speed, IQ, fills the run well. But seeing he didn't, you know, play last year due to the pandemic it's still a really good idea to try him out. I mean, I think it's just going to be right diamond in the rough with a lot of these guys and just taking a chance on most of the corners on this draft. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, uh, I think that Farley would be a really good pick. Um, I liked certain to his, I, I liked certain as well a lot last year. Um, I think that either one would translate well. Um, Obviously, I think that certain would probably be better if we were playing a bit more zone coverage because of his speed issues. I'm hoping we don't play zone coverage because we were deadly when we were playing man up last year. Um, but if we do decide that we're going to be sticking with more zone, I think certain would actually be a, a pretty decent player to pick. But I think that Farley is is the better, more well-rounded player. But there is that risk with him. Like you said, him not playing last year, who knows what kind of shape he's in, if he stayed focused. Um, but anyway, I, I think that, you know, I think he'd be a decent pick. Uh, either one of them would be a decent pick. Now, what do you guys think about the offensive line? Because I've had my eye on Jalen Mayfield a little bit out of Michigan. And, um, you know, I obviously with Bach recovering from that ACL injury, um, who knows how long that's going to take. He might not be back until mid to late season next year, depending on how the rehab goes. I'm hoping sooner, but it might not be until late season. You guys think that there might be any merit in taking a young stud like Jalen Mayfield for that uh, offensive line? I think for me, you can never have too many tackles. I mean, we've, I, well, look at the chiefs in the super bowl. They would have killed to have Rick Wagner or something like that. Just a guy that we all kind of looked at each other like, Rick Wagner, why the pe-? last March we were all looking at each other like, why are they bringing in Rick Wagner? They got tackles. You can never have too many, especially in weird. This year was weird with all the COVID stuff. Next year is probably going to be a little weird too. So you never know what's going to happen. I'm all for offensive line depth. And I think if you look at their draft last year, they drafted three interior linemen. So I would imagine, to me, that actually would signal maybe they move Elton Jenkins out to right tackle. Maybe. I don't know. But then they could move Billy Turner back inside where he was a little more comfortable and a little less exposed. 
You could put Runyon at left tackle, or I'm sorry, left guard. Center is still kind of a question mark because Lindsley is probably not coming back. So maybe they put Jenkins at center. But I like the fact that they have someone who's a bona fide stud in Jenkins that they can move all across the line. It doesn't matter, which is why I kind of look at someone like Rashawn Slater. He could he covers the entire offensive line too. Versatility seems to be really important for offensive lines, not just in past the past couple years, but really if you look up and down the decade, teams that have good offensive lines, if someone goes down, they just fill in with another guy that can play 18 different spots and it doesn't matter. They're fine. So I like versatility. Not saying Jalen Mayfield couldn't go inside, but he seems to be more of a tackle. And let's be real, they draft a guy like Mayfield. It's a, I'm not going to complain about that. Dude's a stud. But if they drafted someone with a little more versatility, that's probably where I would like to see them go. But, Dustin, what's your opinion on the whole offensive line conversation? You know, I think you're both right in a way. Obviously, either one will be fantastic to have on our offensive line, either starting or coming in off the bench if you needed depth. I mean, Jalen Mayfield, like you said, is just that stud overall offensive tackle who can just, you know, has a size, ability to guard pretty much everyone. I mean, you look back at him in college, I mean, he took he got the best of Chase Young, which now Chase Young is one of the most dynamic DNs in the league. I mean, he just he got the best of him for the most of the game. I mean, you look at that, if he's taking up a guy like Chase Young, what is he gonna do with all the other guys? I mean, he's gonna be able to handle him just fine and seeing that edge rushing was a problem in the NFC championship game. Um I mean, edge rusher, offensive tackle, guarding those guys would not be a bad idea. But then you look at the problem we've had in the middle of the line, too, with guys getting hurt and now Corey Lindsley gone. It wouldn't be a bad idea either to go with Slater, like you said, Alex, by getting the guy who's versatile, you know, where you can put everywhere, wherever you need him. You know, just having a guy like that is with, like, Jenkins is really nice to have. So another guy I kind of want to throw out here, I don't know much about this kid. But from the little YouTube clips that I find, I kind of find myself really enjoying watching him play. I think he could be really, really good. But one position we haven't talked about yet is linebacker. The Packers really have never valued linebacker in, at least since I've been watching. I've been watching since 2005 when I figured out what football was. But they haven't really ever paid attention. I think the last like really good middle linebacker we had, in my opinion, probably Nick Barnett. Like, and that's not saying much. And I love Nick Barnett. He was one of my favorites. But the kid out of Notre Dame, I can't say his name. I'm going to butcher it. So I apologize to all the fighting Irish fans that <laughs> are listening. Jeremiah Owuso Koramwa. I have no idea. I'm so sorry to Jeremiah's family and him. I totally butchered that name, I'm sure. But just a run. He's big. He's physical. He can scoop. I really – the corner, yes. I would say corner is their number one need. Offensive tackles up there too. But just a, one of those thumpers in the middle, a freak of nature athletically. I look at what Tampa did with Devin White and all of the – really all their linebackers, Shaq Barrett. All those dudes can run. They're all fast. They all can cover the whole side to side. They're going side to side. They're not giving anything up. I just – to me, linebacker seems to be super important these days, and it's something the Packers have neglected. So I'm looking at the kid out of Notre Dame, or 
Nick Bolt out of Missouri. That sounds to me like another good name that they could potentially pursue. I don't think they're going to pick something in the first round going inside linebacker. But what about someone like either of those guys or even Dylan Moses out of Alabama who you might be able to get later, which I think is probably what's going to end up happening, third, fourth, fifth round. They'll probably take another linebacker because right now they got Barnes and they got Martin. That's it. There's really nothing on the horizon. And maybe they draft a safety to be a linebacker. But what do you guys think about the linebacker prospects and kind of where you see the Packers, if they do anything, in the middle? What do you guys think? So, like you said, I think the guy from Notre Dame, he is, he's a stud. He, he really is. But like I said before, how this draft's going to go, we, don't, we have no idea where the chips are going to fall, where these guys are going to get drafted. I mean, it's really tough to say, but I mean, like you said, having a prototype linebacker who can really fly around the field, cover ground, do it well in the pass game, do it well in the run is exactly what we need. And with the coach that's heavy on linebackers and coaching and progressing them in their careers, wouldn't be a bad thing to have a guy like Dylan Moses, who he has such raw natural talent, especially in the pass game already. He showed so many great skills and especially in tackling, which I think every Packer fan knows that tackling has always been an issue. It's very annoying, but he's very well in tackling, so that's very promising. But he still needs to progress and develop his skills into what he needs to be. You know, he's rough on the edges, but I think, you know, he can improve his instincts, improve his run, his overall progression, especially with Joe Barry, and I think he might be a good fit. I don't know, Alec, what do you think? You got anyone else you're thinking of? I think that middle linebacker may be a spot that we may need to beef up a little bit, you know, depending on if we decide to continue with Kirksey. Um, I think that if we keep Kirksey on the roster with Kamal Martin and uh, and Chris Barnes, I'm not sure that taking a, a fourth middle linebacker is something that we really need to do in the, in the uh, early rounds, you know, maybe something further back, fifth, sixth, seventh round grab another one just to sure up a little bit more depth. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like uh, for me, I kind of want to focus on, uh, I kind of want to focus on that receiving core a little bit more um, secondary, a little bit more. I, I feel like going secondary or receiver um, is really what I want to do with my, my early round picks. I would agree with you. I think those are two positions for me personally. Those are at the top of my list, corner wide receiver, but I guess I shouldn't have assumed because we don't know Kirksey. I don't think he'll be back. I think they're going to cut him. That'll be one of the cap casualties. I think they'll cut him, try and save some of that money. So I believe that's probably what's going to happen. That's why I mentioned linebacker, but I agree. I think first round, they should probably go, secondary whether that's corner or a number three safety that can play linebacker some sort of weird hybrid uh that's where i would go but i do think they can't ignore linebacker maybe not first round if they don't take a linebacker first round whatever that's par for the course they don't really ever draft linebackers so that's not going to surprise anybody but i agree that they do need an upgrade at receiver because lazard and mvs are fine we all know what adams can do they're going to lose Aaron Jones, we assume. They're probably not going to bring back Jamal Williams. So they need more weapons. Tanyan, or Tanyan, however you say it, he's, he's fine for tight end. He's not the elite elite, but he's pretty dang good. You can survive and do a lot worse than Big Bob. Receiver in this class, it's a deep receiver class. 
So even if you wait to get a receiver, don't do what you did last year and just ignore it altogether. If you can wait, you can probably end up scooping up a late-round receiver. But I want to throw this name at you guys. I'm really proud that I thought of this right before we started taping this. Packers are going to need a running back. They're probably not bringing back Jamal Williams. Maybe they will. We we all know that Aaron Jones probably gone, which hurts me deeply, but that's the reality of the situation. What do you guys think about waiting till mid-rounds and getting Chuba Hubbard running back at Oklahoma State? My argument would be you can get him later. He's a bona fide college running back. Not that they always turn out, but guys that I think in this vein would be like Nick Chubb. We all knew Nick Chubb. We knew his name coming out of college. And I'm not saying that Chuba is going to be Nick Chubb. That's really hard. That's a really hard expectation to put on a guy. But I think he would be a nice compliment to A.J. Dillon. I'm assuming A.J. Dillon is going to be the starter when I say this. He's smaller in size. He's fast. He's quick. He's explosive. Whereas A.J. Dillon's bigger, tougher, more Derrick Henry-esque. So I'm going to throw that name at you. Chuba Hubbard. Dustin, I'll start with you. They're going to have to draft a running back, right? Am I crazy? No, not crazy at all. I mean, I think you're spot on. I think that is a really good running back to have. Like you said, he's explosive, quick, fast, you know, exactly what we would need for, you know, receiving a scenario back or even maybe a third down back, depending on, obviously, again, scenario. But, I mean, obviously him in Oklahoma State, I mean, he was a he was a monster. He was really good. And to have something like that, depending, again, like I said, plenty of times, it's going to sound like a broken record, but where the chips fall, where everyone gets picked is going to be a really big question right now. So I think he would be a great guy to have. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd i have to agree 100%. I think that, you know, getting that complimentary back is definitely important. Uh, we saw how our offense thrived on that same situation um, this year. And, you know, I'd love to keep that. If we can get a discounted version of Aaron Jones, I'm all for that. Obviously, you know, Jones is going to be gone and well-deserving. I hope that he has success somewhere else. Um, but if we can find a guy who can come in one, two downs a series and just change the pace up a little bit, I mean, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, it doesn't need to be somebody who's highly impactful. I'm very hopeful of A.J. Dillon, and I, I believe in his abilities and think that he's going to be a, a star in this league. Um, but, yeah, I think that getting a guy like Chuba, I think that that would definitely be a, a smart move for the Packers in this, uh, in this year's draft. I know we're focusing more on draft stuff here, but I saw this rumor today, and I'll just throw it at you and see what you guys think. I saw a report today. It was one of those bleacher report hypothetical, where should they land or where do we want to see these guys land articles? I mean, we've all seen them a hundred times. They had Aaron Jones going to the 49ers. I cannot think of anything more terrifying than them, A, potentially getting Deshaun Watson in a trade, but then they go out and sign a guy like Aaron Jones. I mean, forget it. They're the favorites in the NFC with those two guys. Their defense is already solidified. And I know this is a more of a Packer-focused podcast, but I saw that today and was just like, man, that's going to be a problem if they end up with those two dudes. Yeah, I, I honestly, I look at that. Even if they just get one of them, I mean, Jimmy G's all right, but Deshaun Watson's definitely a huge upgrade. Um, so, I mean, Deshaun with the with the weapons that they have, you know, that young stud over there um, who, you know, we could have drafted if our front office would have decided that, hey, maybe we take a receiver 
doesn't need to be the first round, but maybe we take a receiver. Um, Are you looking? (laughs) You know, it it just, uh, I, I think that Deshaun Watson there would be scary. Okay. Now, Jimmy G. Let's not forget that he led them to a Super Bowl. <laughs> like he's not bad, you know. You give him a running back like uh, like Aaron Jones, who led the league in touchdowns two years ago and had a really great year sharing carries with two other running backs this year. I mean, either way, that Niners team gets one piece. I don't want to see him in the postseason. I really don't. <laughs> and they already have Green Bay's number, so I mean. They've already shredded our hearts how many times in the past decade, really, since the Kaepernick stuff. So, yeah, I saw that today. Dustin, I'll get your opinion on it, too. And I I just want to circle back. Alec, you're right. Garoppolo's not terrible. But Deshaun Watson is great. And they already have Raheem Mostert. Now you throw in Aaron Jones. It's over. Like, who's stopping that? Because every – they are such – a good team when everyone's healthy and they were dealing with a lot of COVID stuff this year, but, and injuries and all that fun stuff. But man, Dustin, they get Mostert, Jones, Watson. Now this is all hypothetical. None of this is reporting. This is just me throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks after reading the stupid Bleacher Report article. But Dustin, what do you do? I mean, what, what can you do when you throw someone's versatility at them when you got Mostert, too, is just that scat back. I mean, he's got some wheels on him, man. He can move. I've had him on my fantasy team, but only for half the season because he's hurt. But well, we won't touch on that subject. But, you know, he got that scat back, which is burning off the sidelines. You got Jones, who can honestly do it all. He's a really good receiving back. You know, whether people agree with that or not, he is. He's a really good receiving back. And that's just so dynamic. You know, I, I don't personally see him going there, is my personal opinion. I think... I mean, this this is me, and this is not reporting anything, but I think he'll go in, a, in Miami. I really do. I think Miami is a good spot for him, and they have a good salary cap. They need a running back. I see him landing there, and Miles Gaskin being the second down back, or that second back. I see that. I very do see that. That would be pretty sweet. I, for whatever reason, have always had a soft spot for the Dolphins. I don't really know why. Like, I really just like Tua. I like the Miami Heat. So I just got a weird soft spot for Miami. That would actually be pretty cool to see him go to Miami. So before we wrap this up, fellas, are there any other playmakers, any other prospects, anybody you want to throw at us and see what we think? Yeah. Um, I just saw a report earlier today. I don't know. You guys probably didn't even see this yet. It's breaking. Um, and I, I would love to see it. And I honestly think it's got a good chance of happening. Um Tim Tebow just retired from baseball, and uh, I'd love to see the Packers bring him in, be that uh, Taysom Hill kind of player. What? And, uh, just see see what he can do. No, um, I I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I feel like we pretty much covered everything. I think that we're gonna have to go to the draft for a lot of stuff if we go for JJ. Um, I think we're going to get one player in free agency here. I'm hoping it's JJ. If not, we're going to be going to the receiving core or who knows, maybe we end up with Richard Sherman. Um, But whatever we don't address in free agency, which we're going to get one shot at, um, we've got to address with the draft. We just don't have the flexibility in the cap space to be able to fix all of our problems in free agency this year. Personally, from the other podcasts that I listen to from everything I've read, I agree with you. I think that the draft is 
we're going 2005 Packers. Like, we're talking heavy draft. Like, those are going to be your new dudes. But I do also think whether or not they get J.J., that's a different animal. I do think they're going to sign a cornerback. I don't think they're just going to leave it to a young guy. I think they're going to bring in somebody proven, some vet of some nature, whether that be Richard Sherman on a cheap deal, A.J. Bouye, any of those kind of guys. I think that's they're going to at least get one. I think they almost have to. Because even if you draft someone like certain, obviously, no pun intended, nothing's certain that he's going to be very good. Like, I think they at this point, they're close enough. They were literally a couple bad turnovers and offensive possessions away from getting to the Super Bowl and probably winning against that terrible Kansas City team. I don't think they're going to trust a number two with be, with being a rookie. I think it's going to be a vet. So, Dustin, I'll throw it at you. Any other free agents, draft prospects, anybody you want to kind of cover before we wrap up today's episode? Sure. I'll cover just a couple guys, I think. And before I start, I do I do agree with you guys. But the one thing about cornerback, I think we do draft a guy, but we forget we have Josh Jackson yet. We we truly have not seen what he can do as a like a number two guy. I mean, we remember him in college. He was a stud. I don't know if you guys remember him in college. He was a stud. I mean, he locked down anyone that came his way. That's when Iowa was at its top. They were going practically national championship, making a run every year. And then when he left, I mean, that defense fell apart because they didn't have him anymore. I mean, he's a big-time guy who I think we haven't really given a chance to yet. And I think we should see how he does in the number two spot. I think he has the size. He has the athleticism. I think we give him a chance. But I still do think we draft someone or not draft someone, signs a cornerback to help fill in the gap a little bit in case someone gets hurt regardless. I do agree. But one more guy come out of the draft. You know, this, this is maybe me being a little biased with Division Three football, but I think, excuse me if I slaughter his last name because I have no idea how to pronounce it, Quinn Marinez from UW-Whitewater. This guy is a center, and he was a monster at the Senior Bowl. I mean, this guy was – I mean, D- Division One. he's going against Division One D tackles, and he is flattening them without any problem. He's driving them 10 yards down the field, flattening them. I mean, it's it's hard to pass up a guy like him, especially that we need a center. That I mean, he's just a stud. Not many people obviously look at D three, but he is he's a real he's the real deal, and he's a diamond in the rough. I saw that senior ball clip on social media. That dude is a mauler. If I saw him in a back alley, well, a I wouldn't be in a back alley, but if I was, I would run. Like, and even then, he'd probably still catch me. I fast, quick. Dude is just. Built like a brick bleep house. Like, yeah, you want those guys on your team for sure. I agree with you there. All right, that's probably going to do it for us this week on episode number two of the Lockdown Corner. Thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review. We are on Apple Podcasts, but remember, resubscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts because it's probably not the same feed that you originally subscribed to. So make sure you resubscribe to that. Spotify, still all the same. You can still find us there. Follow us on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter at Corner Lockdown. That'll do it for this week's episode. We will be back next week with more free agent draft and whatever news pops up. Hopefully, next tomorrow, if it's like last week, hopefully tomorrow, J.J. Watts a Green Bay Packer. I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. But we will see you and hopefully have some good news for you next week. Thank you for listening, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Thank you for making us a part of your day. And as always, go Pack Go.